Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. Now, here's your host, Araya McGarry. Hey everyone, and welcome to my Get Celebritized show. I am so excited you are here with me tonight. And if you are by chance listening to this in the future on a podcast, you have to run over to YouTube under Araya McGarry and watch this particular episode because I have a woman here tonight that's going to bring on so many of her fabulous friends and you're going to have to see them to completely enjoy them. Now, anybody that knows me, you know that I absolutely love teaching my clients about celebritizing their business and how to use media and PR to become the best known in your industry. And my other two loves is TV and animals. Well, tonight, all three of these are coming together in a perfect storm, and I'm so excited. This is going to be an action-packed packed one hour with one guest. Yep, one guest tonight, because you're going to want to hear all about her journey from being a guest, a guest contestant. Oh, I guess you call them contestant. She'll correct me on that. Of being a contestant on the very popular television show Survivor. And I believe that's the very first reality show ever. It was back in the 1990s. And not only that, is she is now um, a beekeeper, a sheep farmer, an opossum mama. Yep, she's an opossum mama and many other animals. She runs a farm, very successful entrepreneur. She's got stories to tell and I can't wait right now to bring on none other than also an Instagram influencer with over 12,000 enthusiastic fans and followers who love watching her every movement like I do. None other than Dolly Neely. Dolly Neely, come on up. Hey. Hi, Aria. Thank you for having all of us. And I do mean all. Yes. <laughs> Dolly, you are like living in my dream right there. I want to jump through this camera and come up and give you all a hug. You've got my favorite bird, a cockatoo on your right shoulder. You've got the macaws over here. Tell me a little bit about your friends. Okay, right now we are looking at Leroy and that's an umbrella cockatoo. He, all my birds are rescue birds. Uh, I, I went to a couple of rescue auctions over the years and gathered up some birds that just struck me to be like they were going to be my family. See, he's still mean though. He, he knows he's on camera. He's a rescue <laughs> bird and he's like, no, it's all about me, mom. Don't ruin this. That's a blue and gold macaw, right? And this is Jasper, the blue and gold macaw. He was yeah, they can do. Actually, he was my first big parrot. Uh, I started with lovebirds. Okay. I made my way to Leroy and then graduated to all these. And I, have I love it. Looks, looks like you have a scarlet Mongol behind you. 
I have a scarf. And then there's another one. Um, I just adopted two more who needed a home. I had known the girl for uh, several years and she she's a vet tech, but she had too, she's acquired too many animals and just with the big macaws, they, they need so much attention and they, they do. are messy and their diets are particular. So she was, uh, she asked me, hey, would you, would you like to take on another two parrots? And I said, yeah, sure, I have the room. I have the love to give and I need the love too. So here they are. Yeah, you can give her my number if you run out of room. Okay, wait, we'll show you. Let's okay. All right, she's getting up out of her seat. Here she goes. All right, she's bringing on more birds. That's Abacus. Oh, now that's really? a Scarlet too, right? Really nice Scarlet Macaw. Scarlet and Macaw. Real quick. Is that a military green? I can't see him too far. And this is military Macaw. And this military is, is right. Love those. Oh, yeah. beautiful. They're going to sit and be my little audience and my support team. <laughs> see, Dolly comes with her own audience and they have vendors. Yes, we. I have a fan, small fan club and I feed them really well, so they love me. I love it. I love it. Like I said, if you guys are just listening on a podcast, why don't you listen to this? Run over to YouTube, Ray McGarry, and watch this particular episode because you want to see her friends. And we're going to talk about this, um, Dolly, because you uh, right now this is your world. We're going to talk about what you do. You're also a beekeeper. You run this farm. It's it's so magical and so amazing to do this. You've got the heart for animals that I do, and I love to talk to you more about also how do how do you get to rescue? But we'll get to that in a minute. I want to backtrack a little bit because my audience is really interested in how to utilize media and maybe their 15 minutes of fame to, to get more followers, to get more fans or get more clients. So let's go way back to 2004 when you went on the very popular reality TV show Survivor. Now that takes a strong stomach and a strong person to go and do that. That's not like you're going on some yacht to spend, you know, you know, a lap of luxury. That's hardcore. What made you say, hey, I'm going to go to do Survivor? Was it just because you were young, you want to do something fun? Or did you have a plan for business to be on it for a particular reasons? Oh. oh, I had no plan for business back then. Uh, my my grandfather had died, who ran the farm that now I currently live on and, and manage and run. Uh, he had passed away, and he was the kind of the rock of our family and held everything together. He, he passed away suddenly, and it just so happened that it came um, up locally to go audition for Survivor. So my mom said, you should get away for the day, because I had to take over managing that that's who was the original sheep farmer here at this property was my grandfather so okay. i i kind of put my life on hold and my and to take over the family farm and it just so happened that survivor was local auditions and she said go audition and get away for the day even if you don't make it go to the mall you know there was a big difference, Dolly, between your mom saying, now go audition for Survivor, where you're going to go, could potentially starve to death on an island with people that could be mean to you, or go to the mall for lunch. <laughs> well, it was a relatively new show, and we hadn't, we hadn't really watched it. And that, you know, we're talking almost, I don't know, almost 2018 Gosh. years ago. Yeah, 2004. It's so, it's so scary to say that, but it was kind of pre-Instagram, pre you know, big internet. And I was just a young country girl, really not thinking about my future all that much at that point, just trying to survive after losing, losing my yeah. grandma. So, 
uh, I was naturally just a tomboy anyways, and it, it kind of fit at the time that, oh, I could, I could go out there and starve. And really the biggest thing about Survivor is the mental, your mental acuity and dealing with total strangers. And I mean, I think most people that have been on the show would say there is a physical element mm -hmm. and being hungry and cold and what, whatever, but just not being a threat, but being strong and knowing how to maneuver all that. And I wasn't much of a conniver or manipulator and, and probably still really am not if ever sure. I had a chance. But at that point, no, I wasn't, I really wasn't thinking about business. It's, it's really just been since getting the bees about five years ago that I started thinking, hey, I need to be able to market myself as a female, as a woman beekeeper, which is, is a sort sort of a rarity. That's um, where I saw you first. I, I was going through my scroll and Instagram constantly shows me animals. Don't know why, <laughs> but you came up in my feed as a beekeeper and I love bees. I've always loved bees. And I it was so interesting what you were doing. And then the next one of the next feeds I saw with you was with possums. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You have possums, my new best friend. And it was, and then I found out you did Survivor. You did what? Uh, yeah, that that's a good combination. The birds, the bees, and the possums. The birds, the bees, the possums. The possums. Oh my! Total random thing too. Finding them in my yard and and not knowing at all how much people adored. I didn't really adore po possums before finding my Winnie and Wendell, but definitely. Oh. Felt well, I'm going to have to meet them later for sure. And I find some people like them and some people don't, but they're so good to have in your yard because they eat 10,000 pounds of ticks every season. They're really good to be in your yard. They don't carry rabies, you know, raccoons do, but possums don't. There's so much good about a possum. They have a low body temperature, and that's one thing that is a huge misconception with just the average person thinking, oh, you know, they look so scary and they, they, look, they can stink and... They think they're diseased, but really they're actually very clean, like a cat in their grooming behavior. And, yeah, and they I love they, them. They're nature's cleanup crew. They are. They really are. They'll eat the roadkill. They eat good stuff. And uh, they found me two years ago when the pandemic happened. I found saw one on my porch just meandering. I said, "Oh, I'm gonna." feed them and then now I have a whole family out there but I wish I could cuddle them like you cuddle yours so that'll come that'll come I keep waiting for the babies to fall out of the pouch because two times a year the little females will come and I can see the little babies falling out of their pouches and uh, but nobody they haven't left me one yet so they can have I think I think it's up to 13 babies thanks so, too yeah, so that's a lot to be in that pouch. There is. There's little feet hanging out. You'll see it on my Facebook uh, Possum Porch Party. But I wore my shirt for you, so I have to show you this. Here's okay, my shirt for you. Nothing is impossible. It's my possum shirt. Oh, I love that. That is so great. There's a lot of possum merch. There really yes. is. I even had a T-shirt. Gotta go to Amazon. Gotta get you some t-shirts. All right, well, we can get all sidetracked. You know, I mean, we'll probably do this with, like my friends and my daughters will say, mom sees a squirrel, literally squirrel. I got sidetracked. So let me go back. Cause it's really interesting how you got on Survivor. So, all right, your mom says, go to the mall. So, meanwhile, audition for this TV show. What happens and how did you get selected? Cause I know a lot of people audition. So what was that process? I'm, then we want to find out more about what it did for your life, good or bad. So I get to the mall and you, they have like in the courtyard kind of set up 
to uh, talk about yourself for two minutes. And so, of course, there was a big long line. I think maybe, I don't, I think there was over 2,000 people there that day. And you just, it was, you know, sort of first come, for, first serve, you get in line and, and wait your turn. And um, I just- You should have put a bird on your shoulder. I, well, I, at, that, at that point, I was Dolly, the first clone sheep, Dolly, the sheep farmer. And that I think that's really what was my little, they, they saw that as something that they could possibly market and mm -hmm. just being a country bumpkin. I think uh, they obviously select a wide variety of people for each season to see yeah. the conflicts that would arise and, and see if, because one of the things Mark Burnett asked me right from the get-go was, do you think that people are going to like you? And, oh, oh yeah, of course they are. But come to find out, no, it wasn't just that easy to make friends and, and stick around on that show. Yeah, how far did, well, let's first, how did you get the part? So then what was the next step? Okay, so after that, I, I went up and I was nervous, just a young girl. And uh, they said, okay, you have two minutes. And I just said, I'm Dolly, I'm a sheep farmer, I want to be on Survivor, and I think it was all of 30 seconds and all my nervousness, and I walked off and, of course, had all these regrets, like, oh, I wish I would have said this, and I wish I would have done that. Uh, I didn't hear anything. That was early, late December, early January that I did the audition, and I didn't hear anything until Valentine's night I got a call from one of the producers or one of the... Uh, I think it was one of the producers uh, and said, are you alone? This is CBS. We have something to ask you, uh, but it has to be completely confidential. And I was by myself at the time. And they said, hey, you've made it to the next round of auditions. You're going to go to KDKA, which is uh, in Pittsburgh, the closest city to me. Um, our news station there, and that was going to be an um, on-camera interview. So they had, so I went down there, and they just asked me a series of questions to see how I would look on camera and how I held myself and whatever. And I, I must have done okay, but again, I didn't hear anything for about another month. Uh, then they said, "You're going to California. It's 14 days of auditioning. Oh my gosh! Sequestered in a hotel room." Uh, you can't talk to anyone. There were 50 other contestants at that point that that made it to to out to California, and um, and we all were in the same hotel, but we had chaperones that watched us at our meal times and if we wanted to go to the gym, so we weren't communicating with each other. Okay. Uh, and then you would go. Uh, they would call you any time of the day in your room and say, "Okay, you have 10 minutes." To go up to the top floor and you have you have another you know a short interview a long interview and that could have that was with jeff probes mark burnett and several of the other producers that were on the show at the time so you didn't meet them until you got to california at that moment you hadn't met them yet or mark yeah. burnett until california auditions yeah okay so about 10 days in and they play with your mind and they make you think oh this was a great interview this was a bad interview and after about 10 days of being out there i'm thinking oh i just i'm homesick i don't even want to be on the show <laughs> i was just gonna go to lunch at the mall now i'm in california <laughs> and i'm not allowed to talk to anybody oh my god so, so yeah, and being away from home is cool, and being in a hotel room is cool until you're by yourself and you can't do anything. Like 
hang in the hotel room. They right. they gave us the prior seasons to watch. Oh, okay. Um, to do while we were hanging out. Uh, but what was they, some of the questions they asked? So once you got to California, like Mark Burnett and Jeff Probus, what was some of the questions they asked? Did they ask anything kind of strange or interesting? Very strange. If you really want to know some of the strangest things, it was like, how you slept with? How many? Oh, wait a minute. You froze up. Say that again. Uh, yeah, they're too loud, probably. Uh, no, they're not loud. Just from A to Z, but one of the most bizarre ones that stuck with me, and at the time, I was just kind of like, huh? And I, I played with them a little with it was, how many men have you slept with? And and we're, I'm like, that's a really personal question. And I said, oh, I'm not, you know, none, I'm a virgin. And then they, they didn't believe that. So I said, well, I really, I can't even count it so many. So I just, <laughs> I just sort of twisted it up and we never really, you know, of course I'm not gonna talk about that with them, but they, they wanted to just see how flustered I would get. And I think that was probably one of the top things to get a young girl flustered. And that was cute. That was probably one thing that worked to your benefit because you kind of did a Marilyn Monroe where you kind of like answered the question witty and and you didn't just, you know, give them the answer. So they're looking for personality, looking for wit. It reminds me of when Marilyn Monroe went to an audition and they said, okay, all the brunettes on one side of the room and all the blondes on the other. She wasn't a blonde yet. And she went over to the blonde side of the room and they're like, no, no, miss, go to the other side. And she didn't, she wanted to be in the blonde line. And, you know, so they loved her. She was cute. And, you know, got that. So I think that worked to your advantage for sure. I mean, we can work both ways. Those guys were really clever and smart. They had they had me do push ups. How many push ups can I do? Come up in a bathing suit. Wow. Uh, just crazy, strange things. I mean, really nothing all that inappropriate, of course, but. And the chaperones of people in the room, too. You got all these people in the oh, room, yeah, right? Lots of people so in the room. At any time, there were maybe up to 10 people in that room as you're okay. as they're running you through the government uh, sure. of what they want to see come out of you. But we yeah. had uh, we had a one whole day of testing. Uh, we took uh, like psychological testing and IQ oh. testing. Really? A lot of people don't know that. Yes. No. They, um, there's a psychiatrist or, uh, on on the team there in the medical team, nice. and, and they do weird testing. And it, it was a full day of of testing like that. Oh my gosh! Well, I guess they really have to. You know, they want to get probably a nice variety of people: high IQ, low IQ, really kind of mix it up a bit. So, what before we get to what this did for your future, what it did for your life, and maybe your business, maybe not. Um, it, it's such a, what I do like about it is your mom said, go do something different, get out of the house. And that's always good for us to get out of the house, do something different. And she was just so smart. When, whenever we're grieving something, it's good to just, you know, get a different, you know, uh, um, atmosphere. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you think um, was the, the kicker, if you know, that got you selected? And uh, what what was one of the best and worst things that happened by being selected for the show? Uh, okay, so I think what got me selected was that they really couldn't figure me out. I was this small town farm girl, but at the time I I really liked fashion and I would wear uh, like a Burberry, I had a Burberry plaid bracelet and the, and the one girl was like, so you're this small town farm girl, but you're wearing Burberry and we just, we can't figure you out. And so I think just kind of being a sort of a mystery was a sort of a it, it did good for me because they thought I was going to be one thing and then 
I really wasn't. And I think they just wanted to know more. They wanted to see more of Which makes you interesting, which makes for good TV. So that's great. You're not, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You weren't what they thought you were going to be. You weren't just flat. You had a lot, a lot to you, which is great. So um, was it worth it? You got on the show. It was a good experience, bad experience, and was it worth it? It was a fabulous experience, of course, just the travel and seeing a different culture. I had never heard of Vanuatu. Which Where is, is Vanuatu? Is it Vanuatu? Pacific. Okay. Here I am in western Pennsylvania on the sheep farm, and I get taken all the way from from here to the South Pacific and, and thrown into this tropical world with all these strangers and just trying to get to know everybody. I, I went in so naive that I could make friends with, can you get them? Um, I, with That I could make friends with, with these women. And I had made, I did, we did break the rules once we were in Vanuatu and we did sort of all talk to each other. And I made a pinky promise with Twyla that we wouldn't vote for each other, but she ended up voting for me the first chance she got. What are you <laughs> off, you mean? What's that? Voting you off? Yes, she voted. Oh. She had to vote for me. She voted, and I looked at her like, "We can't trust anybody." Oh, you're like me. I would so not do good on that show because I, I love to make friends. I love everybody like me. I would make a pinky swear and keep it. Everybody would just, I know, step on I, me too. I think I would still be the same way. I really haven't changed a whole lot. I, I have true. become a little wiser and and reading. Well, of course. How old were you when you were on the show? I think I was 24. Oh, just a baby. Are you glad you did it? Was your mom right for sending you to the mall to do this audition? Did it help you through that time in your life? And are you glad you did it? It did. I'm very glad I did it. And one way that it definitely positively affected me was that since then, it has allowed me to have a sort of a platform just because of being on that. So people are interested uh, I've been able to share other things about myself and how I've matured and grown and gotten into the bees and the animal rescue because of the credential of having been on a, that reality show, which it, it is, it's still on. I mean, the, after this, I think it's 40 some seasons and it's still it's on. So it's, probably the, I think it's the first and probably the longest lasting for sure. And it definitely does take mental and physical you know, strength to be on that one for sure. It is fun to watch, but I always look at those con contestants when I used to watch it and just say, wow, you know, I could never, you know, I, I'm terrible yeah. playing any of those games. I don't know how many dozen. I'd be the first one voted off for sure. But one of the worst things is not being able to brush your teeth. That was the hardest. Oh, really? You, you, you can't brush your teeth. No, you have a medical bag. So if you have contacts and okay. female things and whatnot, but you don't get to brush your teeth, we actually chewed on a stick on a twig to kind of clean our teeth. So, so you almost want to get voted off early. I, mean, I don't know. Unless, unless you're going to go the whole way and win all the money, you might as well get voted off first because you still win some money. You still get some opportunities and then yeah. you still get the platform of having that on it and Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. You're right. It's always on your resume. It always makes you more interesting for sure. People come up to you and say, oh, wow, that's cool. Let's talk about that. And then just like when women do Miss America, Miss Universe or a local pageant, it gives them a platform to talk about what is important to them. So I'm all for that. I think that's great. I think it's wonderful that you were on there. We're able to, you know, experience that. And I think your mom was smart by saying, you know, get out of the house, you know, just you know, because that was a hard time for you and that, that kind of pushed you through it. So what was the, the worst thing that happened from that? Oh, my. I think the worst thing 
not, I hope no one's eating, but was we all ended up with uh, Giardia. I don't know if, if people don't know what that is. It's kind of a bowel disorder and it comes from parasites in the water. From, and it, it is gut-wrenchingly awful, bend you over in pain. And, and we all had it because we, we were so eager. Once we got fired, we were so eager to get water because, of course, we, we really were hungry and thirsty. We had just had coconut, coconut milk and coconut, which gives you diarrhea on top of all. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was the absolute worst part. There was really not the brushing your teeth and uh the, the parasites, parasites. <laughs> and then um, and then just also knowing that i in essence lost <laughs> was pretty awesome too oh my god but you won because you got out of there but that's okay <laughs> All right, well, speaking of winning, so you did this, and I think you're so brave to be able to do that and, and jump out and do something that's adventurous. I think that's so cool. I think when you're young, it's a great time to do it. And even when you're older, I've seen older contestants, you know, you know, retired and empty nesters go out and give it a whirl. So why not? Because um, I think it's, you know, uh, anything that's an experience in this life that you can do, why not? So you went and did this. Yeah, and now you're surrounded with animals. So now what happens? Tell us about your success with this farm and this rehabilitation. Again, you're living my dream right here. You rescue animals, rehabilitate them, you're a beekeeper. Let's talk about your business now moving forward. Had that experience and it gave you a nice platform. So now what? So after Survivor, I traveled for several years and then I, um, oh, I Traveled with what? What do you mean you traveled? Okay, so I traveled to a couple of other survivor locations. I made some friends on the show, and so I was able to, uh, after Survivor, continue to go to the locations for a few seasons. Oh, they invite you to come back just to watch? And travel the world. Well, I made, I just had made some friends that were part of the team and got to go because look of the connections. Yeah, the connections I made. Yes, I you know, I like that. Okay, so look at you go. Behind the scenes, but still got to see some other amazing countries like Panama, Guatemala, Fiji. Uh, what's your favorite place so far? Favorite that, place you visited? Yeah, that consumed my life for about two years after the show. And then it's, it's sort of a blur between after those two years and then fast forward, life, life, life. Um, to the beekeeping, which we had always uh, had the farm and the land. We have 88 acres here at, at my grandparents' farm. And we thought about bees, but we never, we never kind of thought, definitely never thought of it as something that could be a business, just sort of a hobby, which it, it did initially start out as a hobby. And again, I have to give credit to my mom for helping make that come to fruition because she met... Uh, a guy that's a commercial beekeeper and said, hey, we want bees at our farm. And then told me, hey, get in contact with him. He would sell you a couple hives. And so I did, and I went to his big bee yard uh, initially and picked up my bees. And I just started with two colonies. Uh, and I, I said to him, hey, I, I've read some books and watched some videos about bees, but of course I don't have any hands-on experience. So could I volunteer to help you and and i think now as more experienced beekeeper i think he was like oh yeah sure you know you can come and help me it probably won't last because beekeeping is really hard work yeah looks it it is uh so long story short i i got my two colonies of bees and then for the next five 
seasons, I helped him and did sort of an apprenticeship with, with Jess Burdett was his name, and he was an awesome mentor, uh, teaching me the basics and of queen rearing and bee, and just beekeeping and honey production. I love that. Stuff. So now, how many are in a colony? How many bees in a colony? Oh, there can be 30, 40, 50,000 in a colony. Oh, more. I mean, you can get you can get some big colonies. Oh, when that's you, awesome. When you're when you're uh, when you're uh, farming bees for honey, you most most of the time you're going to keep them in like a double deep box. They call it a double deep, so it's a two story hive, one queen, and and lots of lots of worker bees. Uh, but if you really want to grow bees and make queens and stuff, you can get four and five high. Uh, how do you make queens? You said make queens. Are you hoping they they get born? Like, are you born a queen? Well, you you can uh, you can make your own queens to sell because beekeepers always need always need queens. Queens how die. You, that, she's like the number one thing in the hive. Right, um, but how do you make her? Like, is it like London where you had to be born a queen, or can you create a queen? Charlie and Pickle, they're loud. Come here. I love them. That's all right. I love all the noise. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. You could. This is Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Uh, beautiful. You can make queens by a queen lays eggs in the cell. There's a frame goes in the hive box, and there's hundreds of cells on that frame, and the queen lays eggs in all of those cells. So, okay. uh, to make a queen, you graft. It's called, and when you have a special tool that you reach down in that cell and get a one to three day old larva, egg larva. Sure. Ah, uh, and and then you there's little cell cups that you transfer that larva into on some royal jelly, and then you put you you make their little bars with these cell cups. And you put the eggs in, and then that goes into a queen, um, and a queen starter. So you're gonna put that frame, and that's a queenless hive. So all the worker bees know they don't have a queen. And they're super vigorous, uh, wanting to draw out those set queen cells, just feeding that larva royal jelly the entire time, so it develops into a queen. And you, you it's really technical. It's amazing, though. I didn't know you developed or made a queen. I thought queen bees were born as a queen bee. That's no, fascinating. You can queen bees, yeah. It's really, really awesome. Uh, to be able to raise your own queens, because if you have several colonies, you know, once you get 10, 20 colonies, go um, to your friend and have to buy queens, you want to be able to make your own. So when you need them, you have them available. And that's how you can grow uh, grow your your size and your business, too. Yeah. Um, so is you do it for honey? Is honey, honey a lucrative business? Is it doing well? Is it? A lucrative business especially up here in the north because it's it's kind of uh like supply and demand there's not as much local uh honey around here as there is demand for it so pretty much all the honey that i can make in my 40 50 colonies i can i i sell out before I, um spring comes again and i'm ready to ready to start making they're ready to start making it and stuff um, yeah have you ever heard of manuka honey Oh my yes, I think manuka honey is only made in New Zealand, though. I mean, that's we can get it here, but that that's supposedly the most healing honey um, of For all. burns and everything. Yeah, we have some very expensive, and I didn't know that was just you know 
I thought it was just made in Australia, New Zealand. So is it different types so, of beef? Yeah. Australia too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I think that's so cool that you, you run this and you're doing this. And uh, I definitely want to meet Wendell very soon because that's just my heart. It's just yeah. eating I to see Wendell. And when I saw Facebook with the with your possum party. I think I, you should do a children's book because porch possum porch party is that's like isn't that cute. <laughs> I love like it. Book, children's book. It's a good idea. Really good idea. Hey, look, there's another business. I love that. But before we meet Winnie and Wendell and your beautiful possums and, and I just love your business. I love what you do. Thank you. I got a couple more questions. One, what do you love best about what you're doing now? You've got your grandfather's farm here. Is is this been your little girl dream to, you know, live out the family's legacy and be here? You look like you're in your element. You look like this couldn't be a better life for you. And I definitely want to be your new sister. <laughs> but I, is this I think we could be sisters. So many people that I've showed, you know, your picture and said, hey, you have to watch me on Aria Magari. They said, oh, that looks like I could be your sister. Yay. <laughs> Might be old enough to be your mother, but it's all good. It's all family. <laughs> I'm happy. I love it. I love it. So is this the little girl dream? Is this what you've always wanted? I think I am a, an eternal little girl uh, in my in my heart and my spirit. So, yes, I think my grandparents would be proud mainly uh not necessarily because oh i'm rich and successful and all those things but because i am happy and i'm helping um spread joy with my animals and help uh encourage people to just be themselves no matter what that is that that you are doing if if you just be happy and be yourself you you will be successful i really think so i really believe that and is this what you want to do the rest of your life um, I, I want to be happy the rest of my life. So yes, happy? I do. I do want to do this the rest of my life. Now the possums, they don't have a large, they don't have a very long lifespan. So they don't um, No, I think a possum is like average two years is, is considered a senior possum, but maybe oh, what if, it's if it's, is it five? It, well, I don't know. You're the more the expert, but I think in captivity, I think I saw it was five because I looked that up when I first started having them over here. They said they're very transient because I've had some come and go and they like to move around. But I think I, I could be wrong. But I thought it was like five. Well, that's good news. Um, I've I have heard some that do live that long, but I don't I don't think that that's uh, like the typical lifespan. Oh. Actually, some of the possums that I do follow on Instagram, uh, some of them that are about on the same um, age as Wendell and Winnie, which is getting close to two years old, some of them are already starting to um, die. So, oh yes, no, I know. Yeah, it says um, two to four years. Yep, two to four years. Yep. A Virginia possum could be like up to four years. Yeah, that's what that's what the ones I have, are, of course, are Virginia. Oh my gosh! Oh no, what are you were saying? You were gonna be heartbroken. Oh, you you need oh. some more. You need you need to just have them forever. I have lots of different little babies. Well, I'm hoping that Wendell can produce an heir, <laughs> but I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. I'll be praying for you that they do. Yeah, that's the only hard part. But I, I truly believe better to have loved and lost than never to have loved the animals in the first place. So many people lose a dog and never get another one. And I always, I'm like you, I'll always have animals and will always miss them. But life without them is is worse. Yeah, yeah, I need I need their love. I need something to take care of. I didn't have children and I have very limited family. So uh, I think that's one of the reasons after losing 
my grandfather and then uh, several other people in my family all within a year. I just, I, I needed something to care for and something to give me love back. And animals are the best. I love it. Animals are the best. I love it. I love it. Now, are you and your mom still, are you still close? I know you've lost some loved ones, family, you know, the last couple of years. Do you still have your mom around? Oh, yes. I still have my mom around and she's wonderful. She is living and working in Korea now. She's in South Korea. She she is a professional woman. Uh, so interesting, her career in life. Uh, she worked at the World Bank uh, in Washington, D.C., and then retired from there and had an offer to work for the Korean government in Seoul. And that's what, what she's doing now. Yeah, she's, she's a partnership specialist, sort of. She's a people person. She knows how to make connections. And she's also an awesome person you could talk to about. Uh, Business. About business. I'd love to. We'll have to have her on. I would love that. Yeah, she, she would love that. And that would be from live from Korea. Korea. Oh, that'd be fascinating. I would absolutely love that. And uh, you all just seem like she just seems so smart as well. And you guys have this wonderful business and family. And she just seems very wise. And just some of the things she said to you. So I would love that. And I love empowering women. And I love women in business in all areas. Like you have a thriving business. You're very wealthy in what you do, which is such a great passion. You're doing good things, being able to make a life make a lifestyle, earn an income. Your mom's doing something completely different. So everything is right. And especially in these last two years in this this quarantine, pivoting and finding people's way has been a little difficult. Many people have lost what they thought was going to be their lifetime career and have to pivot to other things. So what, before we meet Wendell, is something that you had to do. Did you have to pivot at all during this pandemic or did life just keep on going for you since we always need cheap keepers and bees? It, it did pretty, it really didn't uh, pivot that much uh, other than I also am a volunteer at a, um, a local thrift shop and we had to close down, uh, of course, through the pandemic and uh, a lot of our local um, charities that we give to with, uh, from the thrift store. So not, it really didn't affect the bee business much. In fact, I, if it did at all helped it because people yeah. were looking for something new to do and something to fill their time. So I did have a lot of new beekeepers last year. Um, and then uh, that's when I found, I, right at the beginning of it is when I did come across my Winnie and Wendell. And and so that just pretty much changed your life. Having these possums and not only Winnie and Wendell, but then through the pandemic of I ended up adopting another pair of sister possums. Where do you find them? Nobody's coming to my door giving me possums. I need so you give me extras. Let me know. Well, we have a dog here on the farm, and he went out. Uh, he goes out some nights. He'll bark, and uh, you put him outside. And I think he got the Winnie and Wendell's mom. I think he went out one night, and not. I we never found a you know, a dead possum, but we did find Winnie and Wendell. So he, you know how possums, once yep. they mature enough, they're riding on their mom. So he yeah. may have uh, shaken the mom and they fell off. And then the next day, uh, then I saw Wendell and I thought he was a rat at first because he was so tiny and that little 
long pinky tail and I left him, I kind of left him for dead in the morning. I hate to say that, but that's the, just the way it was. Um, but then I, I uh, later on in the day, I saw him again walking through the yard, just this tiny little helpless thing. And once I pulled him up, I've really never put him down. Of course. And I saw that interview with you when he was just literally was in your hair, looked so adorable. All right, oh, so now since we're talking about him, I have to meet Wendell. Okay, okay, I have so a Oh my gosh, drum rolls. Oh my baby. Oh my baby. Is that Wendell? This is Wendell, yes. Wendell. Mwah. I love you, Wendell. Hi, Aria. Thank you. Oh my God. You know, I'm your biggest fan on Instagram. He is a doll. Well, really, I, I, with the beekeeping and all the birds and stuff, I really didn't have much of a following on Instagram until this guy came along. Oh, my gosh. So good for fame and fortune. I love it. So what you thought maybe Survivor would do for your future, Wendell actually did it for your future. All you need is a possum to get like. That's what I keep telling everybody. All I need is a possum. Well, if he if he has babies, you will have to come up and get one. I don't know. It's probably super taboo. They're, you're probably. I don't know what is what is it in your state that you have to have a. Nobody a, has to know. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> I know Georgia is such a different. I lived in I lived in Florida for like 20 years, and I had a kangaroo because in Florida you can have any animal you want. I mean, the yes. people have tiger. It's not good. I mean, they have no rules. But yes. I got a miniature Damas kangaroo for my first wedding anniversary, and we fed her with a bottle, and she stayed in a pillowcase, and she got to be about 15 pounds. Loved her. But when we moved to Georgia, Georgia is very strict. You can only have farm animals, you know, pets, dogs, cats, farm animals, birds. Right. Just a few years ago, we got the go ahead, the green light to get sugar gliders. So I have two sugar gliders, which are marsupials. And they're supposed to be really fragile and hard, yes. to, hard to raise. Like a oh, Oh, no, they're easy. I've had mine now for like six years. Well, what two. They're sugar gliders and one's Coco Chanel and one's Gizmo. I oh, meant to, I was going to have them on, my, on here, but they sleep during the day. They won't wake up for another couple of hours, but they're I so thought, cute. They're nocturnal too then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, little pouches. They're so sweet. So we can have those in Georgia. We can't have raccoons or possums, but I have my possums on my porch. So I'll just pretend that they're on my porch, but I'll just sleep with them if I get one. <laughs> They're He's really cool. beautiful. What is the coolest thing about having Wendell and Winnie? Uh, well, let's see. I'll get Winnie now. Okay, Winnie. And she'll have a pouch then because she's a girl, right? She has a pouch. She's oh, not going to sigh about it. Look at her smile. <laughs> she's got a pouch. Come on, Winnie. Have babies. Have babies. These possums are beautiful. I really hope so. I, I'm probably interfering with it by handling her so much. I think sometimes maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't handle her as much as I do, but the having possums is just wonderful because of the uh, impact that they do have on people that think that they're just so, they're so gross and, and whatever. And then you say, well, here, hold Wendell. And they say, can I, I need a selfie with Wendell. We've had people drive, uh, I don't know, I think one lady drove four hours just to hold Wendell and spend time with him. And I, I get requested. I'm going to beat her on that one because I'm going to be driving like 17 hours to get to, you know, Wendell. I tell everyone, come on. It's a real experience. Uh, they they just they just are magical. Believe Wonderful. it or not, in person, they really do. They are just so enchanting. 
They really are. There, there are only um, um, native marsupial in America. You know, people get them mixed up. The opossum and the one without the O. And the one without the O is only in Australia. And they're like those little redder. They look a little bit more like a teddy bear. They don't look like our opossums. People get them mixed up all the time. So we're, that is our only natural marsupial in America. So they're very, very special and they're very sweet. And people just, you know, people think of them as roadkill and it just breaks my heart. But I'm always looking around. If I see one like on the road, I'll get out and I'll check it to make sure there's not babies in the pot and the pouch. I know they can get it and so the babies be still alive. Yes. And one thing with that, and I'm sure you know, is that the babies are attached to the, the teats. And yeah. so you if you find a dead mama opossum that has the babies in it, you're not supposed to rip the babies out right away. You're supposed to actually bring the dead mom until the, the, um, until they kind of dehydrate and then the babies come off because you can break the baby's jaw. But if you just pull them out from the mom, the dead, the deceased mom, I, that's something I've learned from other people. No, Really good to know. Oh my gosh, really good. And most people just don't stop for animals, but I do. But that's really good to know. You know, I saw a black bear out. I live in a subdivision. I do not live in the, like a country. But I live in this beautiful subdivision. And right outside the subdivision was a big black bear. And I literally stopped my car, got out, and walked behind the bear. I mean, it was like a mama bear. And black bears, I adore. I was just right there. And she was looking at me. She kept walking. I didn't do anything crazy, not running up to her. But I just enjoyed the nature of her. And I was just like behind her, walking with her. She was just beautiful. And she went behind into the bushes, but just I love oh, nature. Is that the one that's been on your porch? No, that was another one. That one came to my porch about rang my doorbell. And then we had him come up to us in Tennessee while last year during the pandemic, went to Tennessee to a cabin. And at our door were little baby cubs. A mama bear, not too far from us, was letting us interact with their babies. But I'm very, very cautious. I don't. Even though I could have pet the babies, I don't want them to know, think that humans are nice because there's so many idiots out there that are yes. not. So I, we were we were really close to them. They were here on our porch. We were taking pictures, but we didn't. I was telling everybody, don't pet them. Don't even though I wanted to because oh, I don't, it was so hard not to. Oh, it was so hard because I know if they would let us pet, I would say would have. They were right here, literally. And the mom was right there. She didn't uh -huh. care. She was eating berries. But if we did that, then some idiots came along and rented the cabin next time, and they do them harm. I would rather them not be friendly to people because not all people are good to animals. Well, you know? what 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 do you feed your possums on your porch? Oh, well, glad you asked. They actually have a nice smorgasbord. Um, on a regular basis, they have dry cat food and canned cat food, oh, and then. Wow. They love anytime I make um, like ground turkey or chicken and it goes, it gets like a day or two too old for us to eat it. I'll put it out there and they love that. Fruits, vegetables, anytime I, I love it because anytime our fruit gets a little bit too ripe, they'll eat it. They love grapes and bananas and apples. But every night they always get the cat food and if I don't have any extra, you know, food, you know, lying around. One of the best videos as I was looking through your, uh your possum, your porch possum party, your possum porch party. Possum porch party. Was the, the one that was fighting. I've never, I've, now mine will growl, the females will growl at each other and they yeah. are territorial. Uh, they all accept Wendell, of course, because he's the dude, but the girls will fight amongst themselves. But I've never seen how aggressive that one, you have one video where they just, Take yeah, they took off after each other. They're they're friends now, you know. But when they first started coming to my porch, and you know, they would like come in shifts. And then when they, and I have a, a gray cat out there. And at first, they weren't nobody was getting along. And then now they're you see them all eating together. I have the 
great cat, the possums, they're all getting along. They got used to each other. So that's cool. That's so I go out there at night sometimes and I sit out there hoping they'll get used to me, but they're, they're so shy. Those they're so shy. They really are. And I suppose that's good. You would yeah. think over time, though, that they would, because the two sisters that I adopted, they they weren't real fond of me at first. Right. Um, Milo and Otis, but they have now gotten used to me and they'll let me pet them and pick they them never up. Know. But I know they're transient, too, so I know I get new ones constantly, too. Yeah, that's true. So that's yeah. true. It's up, but there's a, there's a buffet. There's a buffet. There's a little sign. I have possum crossing signs and bear crossing signs, critter crossing. So I love it. I absolutely love it. But I love the fact that you're able to, you have this wonderful business with your animals. So people can do what they love and can do it for a business, which is great. And I want to ask you a fun, a, a very special question. You know, we lost one of my favorite celebrities is, is Betty White. Oh, I am. Betty White. She always said she did her acting to support her, her animal fanaticism like yes. we have and all the charities she did for animal sanctuaries and things so i absolutely have always adored betty white and betty white's birthday is the same birthday as my mom's january 17th my mom has since passed oh, away Lord, happy birthday to your mom yay thank you thank you and betty white would have been a hundred on this i think it's monday is the 17th uh but yeah it's monday so the betty white challenge is to give to an animal charity of your choice for betty white's 100th birthday do you have any particular charities i love nonprofits; they're part of my passion as well do you have any favorite nonprofits for animals that you'd like to give a shout out to tonight uh just my local humane society really uh Grove City Humane Society, Animal um, Animal Rescue in Grove City would be really my choice around here. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, locally, I like I always like to support my local my local people. And yeah. if everybody would do that, we get it would be wonderful. So if everybody would support their local humane society this Monday, do a post about it. Let everybody know to give to their local humane society in honor of Betty White's 100th birthday, because all the animals will benefit from it. So whatever your favorite charities are. And she, she was not only uh, funny, but she was just so naturally filled with joy. She and, really was. And that is one thing that is really uh, just simple joy in these these is really something to work hard for you know we develop our minds and we read and we develop our bodies and work out but uh, I think if everybody just spend a little more time concentrating and focusing on developing their inner joy and inner peace that would make everything else in their life uh, even more successful it really would. You're so right. It's like, if you do what you love, you never work another day in your life. I really you know, love that. And not everybody can, but you know, if people now, especially after this pandemic or through this pandemic, we're not over it yet, can find something they love to do, whether they can do it for a business or at least have it as a hobby, something to lift their spirits, something to make them feel good. And you and I, it's all about the animals because I truly believe, and I've heard this somewhere before, but those uh, petting animals makes you live longer. You yeah, know, they bring in therapy like animals, therapy dogs. Yep. And I believe, and that's why Betty White, I believe, almost made it to 100 because that's she's petting right. animals that's and right. So you and I are going to live to to the and same you level. Just, you can just start simple. You don't have to think all the time. It's like, okay, you know, we do, we all do want to dream big, but at the same time, you can just start, just start simple little things that, that make you happy and and then see where that takes you, you know, take baby steps into into bigger, bigger steps and, and great advice. So yeah, maybe it won't seem so overwhelming or like, oh well, I can't because you know, we'll just try something little. 
Exactly. I love that. Yes. Try something little. Add something joyful to every day in your life, even if it's something small. Um, well, before we we end our call, I don't want to end because I'm going to be driving up to see you. That is for darn sure. I got a couple of just quick questions for you. Like, for example, oh, yes, bring Wendell back. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> making my night. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to grab those possums out there. I'm gonna hold oh my God. She's so cute. Y'all have to follow Dolly on Instagram. I just put up her Instagram handle, which is Instagram Neely Dolly Lee. And it's L-E-A-H. Follow on Instagram. You will love all of her bees, all of her critters, her farm, just her fun. She's dancing in the snow with possums and just having, it just gives you joy. It just to see her on the farm doing what she loves. If you're even having a bad day, follow on Instagram, get a smile. It will absolutely brighten your day for sure. So with that, uh, Dolly, what's your favorite animal? Uh, favorite animal? Well, right now it's probably the possum just because, just because, just because. But, uh, ultimately I think it's, a, I would like to have a uh, Palomino colt that I raised myself like uh, oh. from a baby. Everyone says, oh, that's, that's really a big dream because horses aren't that easy to break. And, you know, you, even if you start, even it's if you Self, but yeah, my favorite would probably be a horse, which I've oh, never yes. had. Yes. See, we've had a horse. Um, my youngest daughter, she had a beautiful uh, paint horse, paint quarter horse, and she was a champion rider. And they are hard to handle. There's a, they're a lot of animal for sure. Yeah, and she was them. great with them. I'm not that great with horses, although I ride them. But she just had great communication. And you have to be strong with them because it's not like you just cuddle them like our possums. They have to have a purpose, have a job. Yeah, and you, it's yeah, it's a lot of work. So, but they're beautiful. I hope you get What's one. What's your favorite animal? My favorite animal? Um, well, now it's possums, of course. <laughs> but really, ultimately, it's very, it's, it's very special to me. And it's dogs. I absolutely love dogs. They are God spelled backwards because there is no other animal that God created for us that does more for the human race than the dog. The dog is not only our best friend, it can sniff out cancer. It finds people dead or alive. We use them in the military. We use them in the Navy. They do more jobs and do more. They're seeing eye dogs. They're therapy dogs. They, they are just magnificent. So the old fashioned dog breed any dog i love all dogs because they serve such a great purpose and can do so much for us that they're ultimately my app i just think god just a a plus on the dog and i don't think there's it's spelled god spelled backwards um by accident remember adam named him. yeah adam yeah, named him dog for a reason Thank you, God, for all of your, cre your creatures. Amen, amen. And they all do such great. And they're all here for a purpose. And the one great purpose, no matter what animals you all love, having animals in your life does give you joy, does help you live longer. Therapy horses, you know, I heard that uh, therapy horses, that when people use the horses for therapy, if you put your heart against a horse's heart, that their very large heart beats slower than ours. And it actually will slow down the rhythm of our heart if we get up close to it. It's just amazing how God did create animals for so many great reasons to help us if we, you know, take advantage of the benefits of having these animals as many as we can and in, in the right ways, of course, and protect them. Even if it's a little fish, because I do have people on um, Instagram say, you know, you're living my dream like you, but yeah, you're living my dream. You know, we can't um, afford uh, to have animals or, or, you know, we don't, we live in an apartment and we're not allowed, but even if it's a fish, just watching a fish yeah. is therapeutic and, and gives yeah. you something to be responsible to and to care for and feel, even a fish, I think can give you love back. They, Absolutely. They, down in there and look at you and say thank you for feeding me 
I love it. Those, I love those beta fishes. We've had fish and just turtles and, and everything. So I just caring for something. And even a little aquarium, that just brings joy. And it gives you, you know, calmness. It's beautiful to watch. Anything is just beautiful to watch. Um, what's your favorite TV show? Is it not Survivor? Um, <laughs> favorite TV show? Jeopardy. Oh, Jeopardy. Really? Yes, I love Jeopardy. And I'm surprisingly good at it, even though I'm... I may seem ditzy, but I'm very good at You're not ditzy. No, you're a good businesswoman. You're not ditzy at all. I love this. So Jeopardy, I would not have suspected that. Um, who's your favorite show anymore without Alex Quebec, but I'm trying to. Yeah. yeah. It's hard when an icon passes away. It's never the same. You can't beat the original. You really can't. And yeah. No We're losing some great ones this year for sure. Um, who's your favorite celebrity? Uh, favorite celebrity? Oh, dear. Uh... Uh, 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 who, uh, who do I like? Dolly Parton. Oh, I love Dolly Parton. Yes, at your namesake. Why? What's one reason why you like Dolly Parton? I, I like Dolly Parton because she is, just seems like she's always happy and she's always encouraging other people and she, she makes other people feel joy. You, you, you can't think of Dolly Parton and not kind of smile and, and just think of her beautiful voice. She can act. She oh, also animals and she's just been around forever and making people happy. And that's just something that I, I look up to, you know? I agree. I know a couple of people here being in the media here in Atlanta. She came here and did a movie um, several years ago and they said she was just as nice in person. And I love hearing that because you expect the Dolly Partons, the um, Betty Whites to be really kind people when you meet them. Because, you know, we've met, you know, some celebrities that aren't really nice in person. But those, it's so good to hear. They really are very and kind humble, in person. Humble. Humility goes so far. It really mm -hmm. does. I think that's a huge thing for anyone in any area of life, any business, no matter how successful, to stay humble because it's it's much more attractive. It really is. It is. It is. I only have two more questions before we have to end the show. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to see you go. But one piece of advice for me. You run a successful business. You are a successful entrepreneur. Give the listeners and viewers one really great piece of advice about running a successful business as we go into 2022. Uh, I think that as you are uh, starting a business or what, whatever phase of your business is in, you're going to have days where there's ups and downs. But putting yourself, don't, don't always put yourself and how you feel first. Put your customers, put your product, and make sure you're giving the best um, that, best that you can uh, each day. And not don't go on how you feel but go on how you're making other people feel and what you're offering other people make, make that the best that you possibly can. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. It's about the customer, the customer journey. Yeah. Right? Instead of focusing all the time on yourself, uh, just focus on your products and what you're, what you're offering to, to help other people and, and make their life better. Absolutely. I love that. What pain do you solve? You know, and who's got that pain? That's really, really important. You know, there's so many things that, you know, my clients, they, they could teach on whoever. And I'm always telling them, you know, what does your customer, what is your, what are your fans and your followers need? Because we could teach so many different things, but what are they in need of that you do? So I love that you said that. Listen more than speak and really fill that need and solve that pain. So that's great. And lastly, I like to ask all my guests something very special to me as well. I used to have a Live Your Legacy Summit where I brought business entrepreneurs and charities together. We will come back together. We will do my 13th one. 
As soon as we're able to do events again, we will come back and do the Live Your Legacy Summit. So Dolly, what is your legacy? How do you want to most be remembered? Um, I want to be remembered uh, ultimately for being uh, somebody that is uh, striving to be a reflection of, of God and of Jesus here on earth. Um, just be, being a good example, being somebody that you can say, you know, she really was encouraging. She really was positive. She really did know how to bring out the best in people um, and make you feel like when you're talking to me, I'm really listening to you and engaging, not not just, um, you know, on the surface, but really deeply wanting to know who people are and how they feel and what they have gone through in life, like their story. So, yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I didn't ever think too much about what my legacy was until I watched you, watched you. And then in the last couple of days, I've been <laughs> in the forefront of my mind, like what that really does mean and, and what I can actively do to create something that is lasting as far as what I'm able to offer to other people with my, where I am in life, my abilities and personality. Oh, I'm glad. Well, you would definitely be remembered like that. You can tell you just have so much love. And animal people are great people. Animal people are loving people. And I just, you know, I've yet to meet a person that adores animals like you and I do and not be just an amazing person because it takes loving people to love and care for nature and animals. And it's just amazing. So I'm so glad I, you are going to have a wonderful legacy. You're only just getting started. I didn't even start thinking about my legacy until I got cancer when I was 38 and then went into my 40s, started really started really reminiscing on, you know, what if that was my last day? And that's what I talked about on my TEDx is about, you know, that's when I really started thinking, you know, am I happy with my life? How would I be remembered? So I love asking people because I want people to think about it. I want you to live your life. You need to think about that more. I think a lot of us are, are living on the surface in just like survival mode. Um, but it is yeah. actually good to take time and think a little deeper and think along those lines um, and develop, <gasps> develop actually what you what you do want to be remembered as and, and the effect you want to have on people yeah and what you know what causes you want to be a part of what charities you want to help what part of the world you know whether it's animals environment or you know women or you know trafficking whatever it is that you've made a difference you were able to even if it's not giving back money you're able to give back time but you don't want to end up saying oh my gosh i wish i'd made time to give to that charity i wish i made time to give to that cause you know we have to purposely do it because nobody knows what our last day is every single day matters it really does. Dolly, you are such a pleasure. I hate to have to say goodbye. Want to have you back. I absolutely adore all your feathery friends and Wendell and, and Winnie. Do not be surprised. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to come up and see you because I just have a feeling we're going to be friends for a very long time. You're welcome anytime. And I think you're beautiful and such an inspiration too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dolly. I will see you over at Instagram. Everybody follow her on Instagram at Neely Dolly Leah. Just a beautiful, beautiful Instagram feed. I adore you. Thank you for sharing your life, your successes, and your family with us. Mwah. We'll have to have you and your mom on next. We'll do a mother and daughter. I love that. She's great. Oh, thank you, Dolly, so much. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. And over now, don't forget, everyone, to earn more so you can live more, so you can give back more. Have a great day, everyone. Bye from Get Celebritized. Thanks for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamagari.com, and make sure to follow her at Araya McGarry Productions on Instagram. 
and join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.